Good morning to you all from the Book Collector. For many years, mainly in the 1970s and 80s, we ran a series called Unfamiliar Libraries, for which there were 30 entries in all. One of these was Barn Boogle Castle in Scotland, home of part of the Rosebury Collection. For our spring 1962 issue, Eva, Countess of Rosebury, wrote an account of the Rosebury Collection in general and Barn Boogle in particular, which was where Rosebury kept his large collection of Napoleonica. It is read here by Lavinia Sidwick. It is commonly but mistakenly supposed that the whole of the valuable collection of books formed by the late Earl of Rosebury was dispersed in the memorable sale at Sotheby's in the summer of 1933. In fact, only the library of the Durdens, Lord Rosebery's house adjoining the Epsom racecourse, was sold on that occasion on the instructions of his daughter, Lady Sybil Grant, who inherited the property at his death in 1929. It is true that the larger part of Lord Rosebery's library, including the collections of sporting books and Napoleonica, was kept at the Durdens, but an important part of it was distributed between Barnboogle Castle in the park at Dalmany, his Scottish seat, and Mentmore in Buckinghamshire. The latter, built by Sir Joseph Paxton in 1851, belonged to Miss Hannah de Rothschild, who married Lord Rosebery in 1878, whilst the former was rebuilt by him as a museum in 1881. The surviving portion of his library, consisting of the books preserved at Barnboogle, is the subject of this article. Archibald Philip Primrose, 5th Earl of Rosebery, 1847-1929, to succeeded his grandfather in 1868 and inherited Dalmany, the Gothic revival mansion on the Firth of Forth, eight miles west of Edinburgh, which William Wilkins had built in 1819 to replace Barnboogle as the family home. Owing to sea encroachment, Barnboogle had to be abandoned and was only a ruin, preserved because of its value as a sea mark for passing ships, until it was rebuilt in 1881. Dalmany House contained the conventional Scottish gentleman's library, to which Lord Rosebery merely added a few contemporary books, mainly biography and history, along with some collected editions of his favourite novelists, Scott, Jane Austen, Stevenson, and so on. In 1872, he had bought the Durdens at Epsom, an 18th-century house built on the site of a much older one. It was there that he kept his choicest books. Mentmore, on the other hand, which was already remarkable for its collection of 18th-century French furniture, pictures, and objets d'art, had no library of interest, and it was there that he sent many of his purchases, of 18th-century French books and fine bindings. Lord Rosebery had a fantastic memory, and he knew the exact position of all the most important volumes in his libraries. It may be because of this that he had no catalogues made for the Durdens or for Mentmore. Three were privately printed for Barnboogle, but in none of them was there any indication as to where any particular book could be found, or, with few exceptions, any details about book plates, inscriptions, bindings or provenance. The earlier provenance of most of his books is unknown, except in the case of those bought at public auction, 
when it was his habit to insert a cutting from the sale catalogue. He bought largely at the following sales. Beckford, 1882-83, Cheney, 1883, Gibson Craig, 1887-88, Hamilton Palace, 1884, and Woodhull, 1886. Usually through the agency of Bain, whose shop in the Haymarket he visited almost daily when he was in London. Many books were bought from Quaritch, others in Edinburgh, Paris and Naples. It is possible that after rebuilding Bonbougal, he intended to specialise there in Scottish books. But, in fact, there are many rare books in the Bonbougal Library without Scottish association. Lord Morley described this curious spray-swept castle as Lord Rosebery's roosting place. And it was indeed his retreat, where he could spend uninterrupted hours reading, writing and arranging his vast collections. Rebuilt to resemble as much as possible the original exterior, Barnboogle has one very large and several tiny rooms on each of its floors. The principal room on the first floor, complete with musicians' gallery, contains the famous full-length portrait of George Washington by Gilbert Stuart, bought from Lord Lansdowne. A letter signed by both artist and sitter proves without a doubt that this is the only full-length picture painted from life. In this saloon, besides many historic relics and Napoleonic furniture, are four bookcases, two of which are devoted to Bernciana, letters, manuscripts, printed books, a third to Scottish manuscripts, and a fourth to copies of modern books presented to Lord Rosebery by their authors. On the same floor, a smaller room contains four cupboards, three of them full of volumes from William Beckford's library, which must be described on another occasion, for they deserve an article to themselves. The other rooms on the ground and second floors are full of Scottish books, many of which Lord Rosebery must have collected in his early youth. He had started buying books when he was still at Eton, so it may be assumed that he spent more than 50 years of his life forming his three important libraries. All the early and rare Scottish books and pamphlets were presented by Lord Rosebery to the National Library of Scotland two years before he died. There are, however, many interesting Scottish printed books and manuscripts still at Barnboogle. The antiquarian movement of Scott's time is richly represented, and so too are Kirkpatrick Sharp, Maidment and Scott himself. On the historical, literary and antiquarian side, the material goes back at least to the 17th century. Outstanding among the books of Scottish interest is a folio with a very rare association from the Gibson Craig sale in 1887, namely Estienne La Roche's L'Arismatique et Gémotrie, Nouvellement en premier et des fautes corrigées. Lyon, 1538, with the arms of the Earl of Bothwell in gold on the covers. It also has the signature of Gilem Forbe of Tolcon, with the date 1588 on the title page, showing that it had been acquired within a few years after the outlawry and death of the original owner. Another purchase at the same sale was Guillaume Paradin's Chronique de Savoie, 
1552. Mary Queen of Scots copy with the Royal Arms of Scotland and the initial M four times repeated on the covers. A letter written by Mary Queen of Scots was bought by the present Lord Rosebery at the Wantage Sale in November 1945. It is an autograph memorandum in French, signed by her, recommending her secretary, Gilbert Curl, dated 25th January 1587, Fotheringhay. It is presumably the last letter but one that she ever wrote. From the Hamilton Palace sale 1884 came King Charles I's copy of the Book of Common Prayer, with numerous alterations and additions in his autograph. Prefixed to the Order of Morning Prayer, he wrote with his own hand, Charles R., I gave the Archb of Canterbury command to make the alterations expressed in this book and to fit a liturgy for the Church of Scotland, and wheresoever they shall differ from another book signed by us at Hampton Court, September 28, 1634, our pleasure is to have these followed rather than the former, unless the Archbishop of St Andrews and his brethren, who are upon the place, shall see apparent reason to the contrary. At Whitehall, April 19, 1636. This note proves without a doubt that alterations made in the folio edition of 1637, usually termed Lord's Scotch Liturgy, emanated from Charles I himself, and that his emendations were adopted with scarcely a variation. Lord Rosebery used to say that this book cost King Charles his head. The Statutes of the Order of the Thistle, signed by James II and Queen Anne, a folio bound in red Morocco, came from the Turner sale in 1888. Kennedy's dissertation on the royal family of the Stuarts, ending with James III, Paris 1705, came from the latter's library and has a crowned J.R. in gold on the covers. The arms of the old pretender appear again on a copy of Joseph Lejeune's Le Grammarien François, dedicated to Monseigneur le Prince de Gaulle, Charles Edward the Young Pretender, from the library of the Cardinal of York. A folio Bible of 1722 has the signature of Alex Boswell, Edinburgh, 1750, and a note on the flyleaf, signed by James Boswell, 1782, stating that the volume was a present to his father from Christopher Carruthers, writer to the Signet. Alan Ramsay is fully represented, the most important item being the first edition of The Gentle Shepherd, 1725, though one leaf is missing. This came from the Maidment Sale, April-May 1880, and is bound with other plays under the title of Scottish Dramatic Pieces. There is also an original autograph manuscript of The Poet's Thanks to the Archers on His Admittance into the Royal Company, followed by Apollo and Talia, an eclogue, three pages folio containing 57 lines. The latter agrees, with the exception of one word, with the printed text, but the former differs materially from the printed version, which is entitled on the royal archers marching under the Duke of Hamilton to shoot for the arrow. At the end of the manuscript there is a long list of English and Scottish songs in Ramsay's autograph. 
Lord Rosebery acquired this at the sale of books belonging to C.W. Cowan of Dalhousie Castle. The large collection of Burns's letters, first editions and manuscripts already referred to contains two copies of the Kilmarnock edition, one in the original wrappers, the other in a contemporary calf binding, and a copy of the first American edition published in Philadelphia, 1788, by Robert A. Lofhead, with a note stating that the late antiquarian Scotch bookseller of New York, Old Gowans, had a copy of this Purissima edition which he said was the only one he had ever seen and which he believed to be unique. It would be interesting to learn how many copies are at present known to have survived. To this summary record of the more interesting Scottish books at Barnboogle should be added, in conclusion, a manuscript of Charles Kirkpatrick Sharp's tragedy Spanish Vengeance, with an autograph letter by Sir Walter Scott criticising the work and several annotations by him and E.B. Impey in the margins. The earliest manuscript in the library is a copy of Richard Rolls' translation of and commentary on the Psalter. This belonged to Adam Clarke and later to Sir Thomas Phillips and was edited by H.R. Bramley in 1884. It is in Miss H. E. Allen's Writings Ascribed to Richard Roll, 1927. In MacRobert's Catalogue of Scottish Medieval Liturgical Books, 1953, it is mistakenly described as the earliest extant translation of any portion of the Bible in Lowland Scots. The earliest printed book is a beautiful copy in an unlovely binding by Riviere, of the Editio Princeps of Homer, Florence, 1488. This was lot 736 in the Durden sale at Sotheby's in 1933, but it did not fetch its reserve, and was later presented by Lady Sybil Grant to the Jewish Relief Fund sale, when it was bought by the present Lord Rosebery. Also worth mentioning is Mary of Medina's copy in Red Morocco, of F. Rothier's Engraving of the Elements, 1705, with the royal arms on the covers with M.R. in the corners. There is a very fine binding by Divas of Lyon on the two-volume, Virgil, edited by Pancratius Masficius and printed in Friesland in 1777. Bishop Hoadley's Civil Government is a presentation copy to Sarah, Duchess of Marlborough, with her signature and date 1710, a fine specimen of contemporary English inlaid Morocco binding came from the Turner sale. This is on a presentation copy of Churchill's poems, 1763, with John Wilkes's bookplate, a copy of the minutes of the proceedings before the Lord's Committee for Privileges upon the several claims to the titles of Viscount Valentia, Dublin, 1773 has printed for Edmund Burke Esquire in gilt on the upper cover. The two most interesting English, as distinct from Scottish, literary manuscripts at Barnboogle are by 19th century writers. So far, all efforts have failed to trace the provenance of the holograph manuscript of the original version of the preface and part one of the 1822 text of de Quincey's Opium Eater. 
There is a reference in Bain's autobiography to the original manuscript of Disraeli's Alroy, which was sent up for sale at Christie's in July 1881. It was withdrawn at £147 and subsequently bought by Lord Rosebery for £100. It is described as complete but unlovely in its appearance, being on detached leaves, of great interest, fantastic as its creator, and much of it was written at Jerusalem. Among the French books worthy of mention is a copy of Les Elements de la Philosophie de Newton, London, 1738, inscribed A.M. le Marquis de Atrang de la part de son très humble serviteur de Voltaire. Twelve volumes of L'Emi du Peuple, a violently sensationalist daily founded by Marat in September 1789, contain not only the 242 issues, but also many of Marat's speeches and denunciations. A volume in red Morocco and with an unidentified coat of arms, formerly belonging to Marat, contains the following note in Lord Rosebery's hand. It seems strange to see a book of Marat's in so aristocratic a cover. The book in question is Découvert sur la lumière de Monsieur Marat. A beautifully bound copy of the folio edition of Molière, in six volumes, has the unexpected inscription to Rosebery in memory of November to December 1879 and March to April 1880. This was signed by Mr Gladstone and was a present after the famous Midlothian campaigns, conducted by him from Dalmany House and organised by Lord Rosebery. Lord Rosebery, as befitted the author of Napoleon, The Last Phase, 1900, had a large collection of Napoleonica. Besides the important books at the Durdens, he had a Napoleon room at Dalmany, full of furniture from Malmaison and St Helena, with pictures of the family varying in interest and quality, from the full-length portrait by David, now in Washington, to several enormous canvases, evidently destined for the Marie of French provincial towns. These represented all three of the Emperor's brothers. While there were smaller pictures of Madame Mère and the Empresses Josephine and Marie-Louise, much of the furniture is now at Bonbougle, including the chair Napoleon used when he was first consul, shutters and writing tables from St Helena, and the cushion his head rested on after death during his lying in state. But the most interesting relic is perhaps the box collection of books from his library at St Helena. The box, with a large N in Mother of Pearl on the lid, and its contents, were sold by Fräulein Fischer of Arelson Waldeck in Germany, with an autograph letter about them from Jérôme Bonaparte. All the volumes have the Emperor's library stamp on the titles. The contents are as follows. Veli, Villaret, Garnier, Histoire de France, 30 volumes, volume 4, having marginal notes in Napoleon's handwriting, Duc de Sully, Memoir, 8 volumes, with a cardinal's arm in gold on the covers, Histoire de Thomas, Culiacin, 
Roi de Perse, Duc de Villars, Histoire de Vicomte du Turenne, with Napoleon's arm in gold on the covers, Histoire de Bonaparte, with Napoleon's arms, and Rambouet in gold on the covers. The collection is completed with an odd volume of Lesage's Gilles Blas. One of the most interesting of Lord Rosebery's purchases was the collection of Strawberry Hill imprints in 19 volumes, bound in red Morocco by Bevan for William Stewart, of Tempsford, later of Aldenham Hall. It comprised lots 120 to 135 in the sale of a portion of Stewart's library at Sotheby's on the 17th of June 1875 and was knocked down to Hayes for £34. Lord Rosebery subsequently paid £54 for it. A loose leaf extracted from a bookseller's catalogue and laid in one of the volumes gives a detailed description of the contents of this extensive and valuable collection. Many years' diligent search, says the cataloguer, would be required to collect anything like such a set, while some of the tracks it would be almost hopeless to obtain. Although the collection does not contain everything printed at Strawberry Hill, it does include nine items of which no copies were located by Hazen in his bibliography of the Strawberry Hill Press, and an unrecorded, unique proof of a title page. The two volumes of detached pieces, into which these, and others, are pasted originally, belong to Walpole's printer Thomas Kergate, and are annotated by him, mostly in pencil. They later belonged to Joseph Walter King Eaton, and were included in his sale at Sotheby's in May 1848, when they were acquired by William Stewart. Hazen regretfully mentions Aiton's set of detached pieces as having disappeared after his sale, along with Horace Walpole's own set. The latter turned up some years ago, and it is satisfactory to be able to report that the former is no longer lost. Autograph notes by Horace Walpole appear in the Rosebery copies of Hazen's numbers 6, 9, 14 and 18. In number six, Walpole noted, this book being printed for the benefit of poor Mr. Hill, the subject of it. Mr. Walpole would not make the ordinary allowance to the booksellers, which would have devoured so much of the profits. The consequence was that the booksellers would take no copies, but what were bespoken and very few were sold. H.W. This collection also includes Walpole's account of Giants Lately Discovered, 1766, not printed at Strawberry Hill, with MS Notes, also an octavo volume containing Circular of Thomas Kergate, Raffle for T. Kergate with list of subscribers, Collection of Songs, Baker's Catalogue of Strawberry Hill Publications, Catalogue of Walpole's Strawberry Hill Publications, together with those printed by Budoni, Dodsley and Batho, 1813. Apart from the above, there are several volumes with Horace Walpole's bookplate, numbered according to their place in his library, some of which contain his autograph notes. Among them are a magnificent atlas folio, Versailles, Plein, Vue et Ornement, with 77 engravings and Description de la Grotte, 
with 20 engravings. This was described in the Hamilton Palace sale catalogue as being Louis XIV's copy, bound by Padelou, with the royal arms and crowned cipher stamped in gold on covers and spine. It contains a dedication with a portrait of Queen Maria Theresa, an oblong imperial atlas folio. It was lot 652, part 4 in the Beckford sale, Sotheby's, July 1883. Another from the same sale is Horace Walpole's description of the villa, printed at Strawberry Hill. This was the author's own copy, cited by Hazen as copy one, but unlocated, with his autograph inscription, My Own Copy, Horace Walpole, on the front paste-down and proof plates. Over 20 notes are in Walpole's hand. Yet another volume from the Beckford sale is Stowe House and Gardens, 1777, which is full of Walpole's notes and corrections, largely genealogical. This was bought by Bain for £2.12. shillings. These, then, are some of the more important books which Lord Rosebery collected for his Scottish library and which will still remain as evidence of his lifelong devotion to book collecting. In spite of his innumerable activities as statesman, sportsman and biographer, he never failed to find time to peruse the auction catalogues and visit the numerous booksellers whom he patronised in Edinburgh, in London and on the continent. His son recollects the daily drives in London when his father visited silversmiths, picture dealers and bookshops, rarely returning empty-handed. With income tax at sixpence in the pound, with Beckford books costing a few shillings, and Tiepolo's at the Cheney sale fetching 25 guineas apiece, life for such a collector must indeed have been enjoyable. Apart from these opportunities, Lord Rosebery had the taste and discrimination, and, above all, the knowledge, which made him one of the great collectors of his time. In A Bookseller Looks Back, Bain recalls Lady Rosebery visiting his shop in the Haymarket on her husband's behalf, accompanied by her two daughters, then quite little girls. One of them said rather querulously, This isn't a toy shop, mother. To which Lady Rosebery replied with a smile, It is your father's toy shop, my dear. That was Lavinia Sidgwick reading the Countess of Rosebery's account of the library at Barnboogle Castle from the spring 1962 edition of The Book Collector. Tune in next week for another Book Collector podcast. And in the meantime, visit thebookcollector.co.uk to read online articles, view booksellers' catalogues, and subscribe to our journal. 70 years of erudite articles, illustrations, reviews, news, obituaries, auction reports, and more. Everything you could want to know about book collecting. Visit thebookcollector.co.uk today.